Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm usually joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. But he is away at the moment dealing with some, you know, real life stuff, so he's unable to make the podcast at the moment. We usually argue about one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view. In the off season, it's mostly me doing. Uh, occasional solo shows like this one um, or arguing with a friend who comes on and willingly tries to replace Jake or in one instance someone who said they'd killed Jake um, or as Bobby Koch on Twitter at Reek Fantasy recently pointed out I've been lying the whole time and Jake's actually run away to join a jazz band to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a jazz musician he's even bought a hat so it's pretty serious stuff so just as soon as he either makes it as a professional jazz musician or fails i guess um he'll be back here on the podcast hopefully in time for the fantasy season we'll have to see how that goes i mean that it, he bought a hat it's a pretty serious commitment so without further ado on to one more solo show i asked on twitter what i should talk about for this episode and the answer came back with one voice and about 12 votes uh, i should talk about running backs i would reach for so that's what we're gonna do and they're gonna try and name three names being drafted inside the top 24 but outside the top 12 that i will be willing to reach for if the players i liked above them were gone but i needed or wanted to go running back in that particular round first off a rule i've been implementing over the last few seasons is to pay attention to rookies especially Especially where they're being drafted we tend to be especially over the last few years really high on running backs in general and we've been drafting them at a higher and higher average adp both rookies and the top 12 running backs have increasingly increased where we're taking them in our drafts especially over the last two years um it makes no sense to me that a lot of our top three rookies every year get drafted as running back 20 or so when we know the highest upside for value or for worth in fantasy is getting a running back that hits and since a running back can hit in dynasty without even hitting the 
top 12. He just has to do something positive like Nick Chubb last year, rising from an ADP of uh, running back 21 to running back 8 this year. That seems to be a a profitable area in Dynasty if you want to speculate or reach on a running back. Going for a a running back that you think is good as being drafted outside the top 15 running backs as a rookie, um, there tends to be a high rate of return. And more running backs in the top 5 and the top 10 and the top 12 have actually increased in value. Now, quarterbacks and and tight ends actually increase in value at a higher rate. More of them move up more than 20% in their positional ranking, but they have less value in general, and they tend to be drafted later, and so increasing in value is actually uh, a little bit easier for them, and so running backs really become the key here. So one other thing I wanted to dig into a little bit before I start naming names, as it were, was where top 12 running backs come from. I I mostly focus on Dynasty, but I do think in a more of a redraft context, even when playing Dynasty, Um, but I use Dynasty League Football ADP, and so there is some bias in Dynasty League Football, we overvalue youth, for example, um, and so that can influence it. But since I'm using consistent data from the same source, we can actually extract some interesting information about it. On average, six running backs drafted inside the top 12 won't finish inside the top 12. So about 50% of the players actually finish in the top 12 year over year tend to be drafted outside of the top 12. Now that's interesting in and of itself. I mean, it, it bounces around a little from year to year, from 2013 to now, but it's actually remarkable how consistent our hit rates with DL FADP are in that the range is relatively small. It moves from around five to seven players being drafted inside the top 12 at running back and wide receiver that don't actually finish in the top 12 uh, come the end of the year. So we, we can pretty much assume that around six running backs aren't going to hit in the top 12 or at least between five and six, even though we're drafting them there in the top 12 according to DLF ADP. Now, interestingly, in 2018, only three running backs drafted inside the top 12 didn't finish inside the top 12. That's a remarkably good hit rate based based on this history going back to 2013. We should not expect to be that lucky this year in 2019. I I think we should expect that to be at least closer to fives, uh, akin to the game that uh, FF Manbun posted on Twitter about a week ago. What I found interesting about 2018, though, was... I actually broke it down by where those other six running backs typically come from. If not drafted inside the top 12, where do we draft? Typically, between three and four of them come inside the top 24. Now, that's an interesting number. That means, you know, we're doing, you know, as well inside the top 24, finding uh, running backs that finish in the top 12 as we're doing people we actually draft inside the top 12. But what interested me, especially since we only missed on three running backs in 2018, was that all three running backs actually came from outside the top 24. And what I noticed in 2018 is a whole bunch of running backs which had the skill set and the possibility of ending up in the top 12, that's why we were drafting them there, that had very different and yet similar stories or reasons for why they lost out on opportunity or weren't available in the 2018 season. For example, Devontae Freeman was drafted as running back 13 last year, and obviously he didn't play for most of last year. Darius Geis missed the entire year. Jarek McKinnon was also injured and wasn't able to play. Jordan Howard, the volume at least, but you know, he, he was just not what he's been, and the team has since moved on. Rashad Penny got Chris Carson, which is an interesting phenomenon. And Sony Michelle only played 12 games, I think it was. Derek Henry only really got the volume at the end of the year, and he was drafted as running back 19. Kerryon Johnson, again, missed part of the season because of injury. Ronald Jones just isn't good and shouldn't have been drafted this high. Nick Chubb, again, he played basically for a full season, but he he had remarkably small volume numbers early in the season, essentially breaking his season into a uh, in half, 
and who really only played at a full workload for half the season. Jay Ajahi, who was a bit of a reach inside the top 24, but he was on the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Now he doesn't have a team, significant injury history. He really just didn't make the cut in the 2018 season. Royce Freeman got Philip Lindsay, which I guess is a variation on being Chris Carson, undrafted free agent's rule and matter as we know. So what I essentially got from working through this list is injuries really hit the top 24. I think there's a slight imbalance there. We should expect, again, these numbers to go something back to the norm, something back to the average. And so I don't know it's much of an edge, but it should make us feel pretty confident in the top 24 running backs that there are three in there who should or could finish inside the top 12. Anyway, um, so that was some interesting ADP trends I thought might be of use or might be of interest to some of you. So again, like with uh, wide receivers, I didn't want to name players being drafted in the first second or third round it just seems a bit of a stretch to say you're going to reach on a player there we mostly like all of them right their individual decisions like what are you going to do with Le'Veon Bell after missing last year what are you going to do with Melvin Gordon because he might hold out Todd Gurley because he might have his workload broken down but outside of discussing each of those situations in depth I don't think uh, they qualify as players I'd reach on there's not many places you could reach to get them because they're already being drafted significantly high I, I looked for a line of demarcation like um where is the running back that I'm happy to start taking running backs over? And the name I came up with is Derek Henry. I'm nowhere near as high on him as a lot of people. Mainly. So that cuts out names like Aaron Jones, who I definitely am high on. It cuts out a name like Marlon Mack, who I'm high on. Um, and it also takes away two of the rookies, David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs, already going over them. Below Derek Henry in DLF ADP, the three names inside the top 24 that really stuck out to me. And um, the first one was Sony Michelle. It's kind of inconceivable to me that Sony Michelle who had 150 expected fantasy points last year. Nick Chubb, for example, had 153 in his limited season, even though he played more games. So Sony Michel earned significant volume on a good offense. He just got hurt. So he missed part of his volume like Nick Chubb did, but for a different reason. Now, Sony Michel's knee issue is real and will continue to be a problem. But if he plays full season in 2018, I really think he's going to get the volume. And I think pretty much guaranteed that he will maintain or increase in positional rank in Dynasty. I think it's just a really good time to buy on a talented running back. We seem to discount him because we know what his knee injury is, but you can pretty much assume all of these running backs are going to or do have some significant injury. That doesn't make sense to me. He's earning the volume and he's performing at a high level. Um, any of these guys can get injured at any time. That's just the nature of the position. I'm willing to reach for Sonny Michel. I think he has significantly more upside than Derrick Henry. So if all the all the names I like from the first three rounds were gone, I, I'd be more than willing to reach on Sony. The next name that flagged for me was uh, Philip Lindsay. He had an efficient season as an undrafted free agent, squashing the hopes uh, of a drafted guy, Royce Freeman. Teams will back out of undrafted free agents at any time, and I think that's a risk with Philip Lindsay, but I really can't see his role entirely disappearing. So it's not if it's not Philip Lindsay, then it's probably more of a committee, and neither Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are particularly valuable. But just based on what Philip Lindsay did, he is a top 24 running back, and he's been drafted right at running back 24 because of the fear that the team might move on to Royce Freeman, and that just creates a really good value. I'd be willing to reach over him over a few other players just to get that certainty that I know what the player is capable of. And um, the other name that stuck out to me in this range inside the top 24, but outside the top 12. Well, there's two. There's Darius Geis and Devontae Freeman. But I found when I thought about it, I think they're right at value. I think they're fine. Like I'd, So I'm targeting them in dynasty drafts, but all the other running backs are gone. I'm probably going wide receiver rather than running back and then hoping to get a few later later running backs instead. So really, I have to, only two players that I'd reach for inside the top. 
top 24, pushing outside the top 24, looking for those other three players um, that on average finish inside the top 12, um, but are drafted outside the top 24. The names that really spark for me, uh, well, both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. I like undrafted free agents. I'm a big fan of undrafted free agents, if that's not clear. So I actually do like Chris Carson. I think he's been doing well. But I also think Rashad Penny just continues to take the box. Um, and I know no one believes the Seahawks will, but I do think the Seahawks will eventually, you know, sniff their own aura and decide that they know what they're doing and this is a better running back and Chris Carson's been nicked up and somewhere along the line Rashad Penny will get opportunity on the field Rashad Penny has continued to tick boxes in college he had a three down skill set he produced at an above average rate but he was then drafted in the first round which is just another box ticked and when we look at running backs that crease in opportunity going into the second season one of the clearest indicators is players that actually earn um, over 50 expected fantasy points and expected fantasy points is actually an opportunity metric not an efficiency metric though it might sound like one and the efficiency metric that goes out goes along with it is fantasy points over expected so if you're expected to get 100 fantasy points based on where you're getting the ball and whether you're running and catching the ball and you actually get 103 then you're three points over expected right so it's fairly simple efficiency metric based on some articles i read on rotoviz frankly by blair williams and also some testing i've done on rotoviz's model i found that that running backs who have a positive fantasy points over expected um there's only about 30 percent of them so it's actually a small sample it's not like most do it and therefore that's where the noise is coming from or, or that's where the signal's coming from players were over the number of fantasy points they were expected to based on where they were getting their opportunities and um, actually got more expected points the next year were more efficient the next year and had a much higher average of ppr points in this sophomore season so running backs that had a negative fantasy points over expected actually produced on average 63 ppr points in year two whereas running backs who had a positive fantasy points over expected created 94.6 fantasy points in ppr scoring in their sophomore season um I'm boring you. You see, and this is why I normally don't try and talk actual stats when I'm doing the Dynasty Crossroads, because you can go cross-eyed hearing people read numbers to you. So listen to the story. If you're efficient in your rookie season, you're much more likely to get more opportunity and score more fantasy points in your sophomore season. And that's true no matter where you're drafted. Other names on this list outside the top 24, which really seem to be strong cases to finish inside the top 20, uh, at least. Austin Eckler, Maybe not because he's due some regression in his receiving work, but I do really enjoy the player. He's another undrafted free agent, by the way. Naheem Hines also due some regression, and he actually had um, an inefficient season based on his opportunity and expected fantasy points. But not all players follow the same model. He's on a good offense. I think he earned a lot of opportunity last year, and I think there's still more for him there. Of course, we have to hope Andrew Luck is healthy again, as we seem to have to do every year. Two names that really stuck out to me because they don't have any of those concerns. Jalen Samuels being drafted as uh, in the 10th round. Uh, James Conner is obviously a really good running back and really talented, but Jalen Samuels proved himself to be that too. I think he definitely has a top 24 potential uh, and maybe even a little more than that. And the other one is Justice Hill, um, drafted by Baltimore Gus. The bus actually had an efficient season in his first year, which, like I mentioned, is a... Is, is a positive note for a running back, but he's purely a rushing running back and literally has almost nothing. No, he has nothing to do with the receiving game. Um, and so I think Justice Hill is the one with the upside there. Coincidentally, to 
bringing my rookie bet together with trying to find players outside the top 24. The name I want to mention outside the top 24 right now is Miles Sanders. Again, another player that continues to tick the boxes whenever he's being given the opportunity. In college, the one year Saquon Barkley wasn't there. He was a phenomenal three-down running back. He was drafted significantly by a team that has a high expectation going into 2019. I really think uh, Miles Sanders is one of those players drafted outside the top 24 who could finish inside the top 24 or the top 12. So uh, again, those names outside the top 24 that I like are Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, um, Jalen Samuels, Austin Eckler, and Naheem Hines. So I didn't choose just three. Frankly, I've got more than three. Uh, and frankly, I've got more than that. But those are the names that really stick out to me. All right, I, I think I about knocked it. I, I, I name players that I reach on and name players that I reach on two different levels. So uh, I think this is a fairly efficient podcast. I don't know. Um, hopefully you found some value in it. If you're interested in my cheat sheet or any of the data I just talked about, I'm constantly available on Twitter. Thanks again, and I will talk to you next time here at the Crossroads. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything.